Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Wonderful. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you all. Uh, if you want, we'll stand, we'll pray, and we'll praise God. Father, we love you. Um, in you we have our joy and peace and strength, and we're here for you today, God. Uh, I just pray for your blessing on this day, on this morning as we're together, to hear your word as we praise you. I uh, pray for Matt uh, as he preaches. Uh, we pray for the youth and all the seeds that are being planted there. And we also pray for Leonard and his family to have a safe travel and um, a good little break. We just uh, got a lot going on. We're coming into a busy season, God. Um, new things are popping up every day for us to to do for you and your kingdom, God. So I pray in that that we're faithful and diligent. Um, and we praise you for all the opportunities to to be your hands and feet, God. So we give you this morning, this time. We're here for you. We love you. Amen. of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, oh praise Him, hallelujah, thou burning sun with golden by his blood come and rejoice in his great love oh
shall return in power to reign. Heaven and earth will join to say, oh, praise him. Hallelujah. Then who shall fall on of our God and King. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Seated. Kids are dismissed. didn't get it all. People kept on walking in front of me. But that definitely we had a blast this weekend. Um, you know, a lot, lot of, lot of uh, decisions, a lot of giving things over to God, and uh, you know, it, it was a blast. Definitely want to thank Rachel for tagging along and helping out. Um, but also all the prayers that we had for the for the event, and e even the few kids that don't even go to our church that came with us. You know, it, it was. It was truly amazing, but um, got a couple announcements this morning. Um, Tuesday prayer devotional um, on the Philippians. We're gathering here at the in the sanctuary at six o'clock. So if you want to join that, you know we're here. If not, you can join on Facebook or YouTube channel. Uh, Friendsgiving. The kids and student ministries are seeking donations. Uh, I think for the most part we have a lot of them. We're still asking for a few things, um, but um, th this is an event that kind of started two, what is this, third one? Two years ago a as a way for the kids to hang out, have, have some time together, fellowship, and, and just enjoy time with friends. Last year was a little crazy, um, but this year we're inviting um, the students and their, ki and their parents and their grandparents, just kind of reach out to them and just provide something fun and enjoyable for them to do on a Sunday. Um, so... If you're interested, seek me or Brittany. Um, there's also stuff on the sign-up ship outside of the foyer there. Uh, women's Night Out. Join uh, the ladies at FCC at Cast Iron Soda Works um, this Wednesday, the 17th at 6 p.m. Um, bring a small donation for pizza and enjoy evening with friends and family. My kids love it there. I do, too. I if you like soda um, and you don't know what to choose, they have options for you. You can also get a, a flight as well. Um, but it's a good time. So, ladies, um, office is closed to, uh, Thursday the 25th and Friday the 26th in celebration of Thanksgiving. And then last one that I have is uh, Riley. Rachel's daughter is seeking donations for a food drive that she's involved in. Um, items are listed up there. Um, right now we're collecting in the studio. Um, you'll see a jar of peanut butter in there. So if you're interested in donating, there, 
there's uh, the list there for you. And without further ado, I want to invite Rachel up here because something <laughs> so, something happened over um, breakfast yesterday. And never our, our loved ones, our husband and, and wives, will never have us do this ever again together. I'll tell you that right now because Matt and I have this huge thing that came to us. We just he, he handed the phone over to me at the table and said, look, what do you think? And it basically was Salem talk saying that they're not going to have a Thanksgiving dinner sit down this year. They're just going to do a takeout at the banquet on Wednesday before. And I said, don't ask me, man, because you know what my answer is going to be. If God spoke to you and God's speaking to me, then the answer is yes. Right? In God's, God's glory, we prayed about it. We asked the elders. We went forth with it. In God's glory, we want to provide a Thanksgiving dinner here for the community and for anybody that wants to join here to come downstairs from 2 to 4 on Thanksgiving and have turkey and stuffing and, and mashed potatoes and all the stuff, but to also have com camaraderie between us and be able to sit together and not have to be alone on Thanksgiving. God spoke to our heart hugely and said, step out in faith and I will take care of you. We have studied Luke. We have studied Philippians. We know exactly what God wants us to do. So now is the time to walk together and we're going to spread our love. We're going to love one another and we're going to love our community and bring people in here that need to be loved where they are that need to have food in their tummies and need to feel like they're a part of something on a huge celebration for America. So I'm asking for all of us, even though we only have a week and a half, God has done great things in less than that, correct? Mm -hmm. Amen. We have a week and a half. I need everybody in this congregation to pull together, that divide in the middle, pull us together and do something for somebody other than us to look outside of ourselves and say, they mean something out there. They don't have us. We have our congregation in here to have our backs. They have no one. And if we can come down here for a few hours, if you can come down and clean afterward, if you can donate pies, donate stuffing, donate whatever you want, donate your time, we would really appreciate it. And not just Matt and I would appreciate it, but the Lord above would be so glorified at the fact that we did this in his name and for him alone. So if you can find time in your schedule, time, if you can pray for us, obviously we need lots of prayer. Because God's going to bring these people in a week and a half and who needs us? We need people that can give their time that day, that time the week before to do pies. They'll take whatever you want, and God will talk to you in your heart and let you know exactly what you need to do, just like he talked to Matt and I. And one other thing, when we went on this trip, all these kids that were there, we had eight of them, man. They let go of all of their stuff, and they walked up, and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? They walked up, and they gave it. And I look at them in awe, and I think, oh, my God, they're like... 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, what's keeping us back? What is keeping us back as a congregation to walk together and do things together in his name only for him and not for us? 
So I want to plant that in your heart today before we leave, that it's very important that we always do things for him. And he's calling on us now to do that. And Matt's going to preach today. My brother. All right. So as we begin this morning, I, I just want to start off with some prayer um, before we dive in um, and just give it over to the Lord because that this message is um, something that we, we have been talking about, that we have been praying about, you know, definitely within the eldership. Um, but it, it's kind of this idea of Focusing on the prize, focusing on the goal. It, it's about um, being unified. It, it's about um, Christian maturity. Um, it, if there's one thing from this past weekend that really stuck, it, it's, um, you know, what one of the things wa was the kids were asked to cup their hands together. Um, you know, th this, this, the thing that's holding them back, the thing that is... Um, you know, keeping them from following Christ, keeping them from sharing the gospel, accepting Christ in their lives. What, whatever's keeping them back, holding them back, it is what they needed to let go. Um, and, and they were given the opportunity to come forward and, and lay that at the foot of the cross. Um, and, and then I hope um, to do something similar to that today. Um, and, and then you notice that there, there's sheets of paper in the center aisles. Um, at some point later on in this uh, sermon, I'm going to have you pass those along, spread them out, and, and then I'll, I'll instruct you to do it afterwards. But um, hopefully th this message is impactful for, for us all um, as a church, as a congregation, a as a part of this community, so that we can pursue Christ and, and what he has in store for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for this day and just the time to come and worship you. Lord, we just ask that you, that we're able to lay this all before you, that, that we're able to come, you, come to you with open hearts and minds, that, that we can lay aside our differences, lay aside the fear, the things that are keeping us back, that, that we can truly focus on you and, and that we can, you know, do great things in your name, Lord. Uh, you, you have given us so many opportunities. Um, you have given us knowledge. You have given us love. You, you have given us your son. And, and we just thank you for that, Lord. Lord. Lord, as we're about to hear your word, I just pray that it falls on open hearts and minds, that we're able to get something from it, that we're able to focus on you, that we're able to just go out into this community and be the light. Lord, I, I just love you, and I thank you so much for what you do for us, especially sending your son to die on that cross. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So before we dive into the scripture this morning, I, I want to kind of share a story with you. The story is about a customs officer who observes a truck pulling up at the border rather suspiciously. So that... He orders the driver out and searches the vehicle. He pulls off the panels. He pulls off the bumper, the wheel cases, but doesn't find a single scrap of contraband. He is still suspicious that something is going on. Something's just not quite right. But he doesn't know where else to search. 
So he waves the driver through. The next week, the same driver arrives, and again, the officer searches. And again, he finds nothing illicit. Over the years, the official tries full body searches, x-rays, and sonar, anything he can think of. And each week, the same man drives up, but no mysterious cargo ever appears. And each time, reluctantly, the custom officer waves him through to drive on. Finally, after many years, the officer is about to retire. The driver pulls up. I know you're a smuggler. The customer officer says, don't bother denying it. But if I can figure out what you've been smuggling all this y these years, I'll be happy. You see, I'm leaving now, and I swear to you that I can do no harm. Won't you please tell me what you've been smuggling? Trucks, the driver says. Sometimes we can't see for looking. It's obvious. It's, it's easy to miss the obvious, especially when it comes to our own spiritual growth and maturity. It's easy to miss the obvious. You see, some people focus on certain spiritual disciplines, like prayer or fasting. Others focus on the teachings of a favorite preacher, and still others look to specific programs or systems of discipleship to help them grow in Christ. Now, all of these can be helpful, of course, but if you miss the obvious, you'll never grow in your relationship with Christ. You'll never mature beyond that of a baby Christian. You'll never become all that Christ wants you to be. So what should our focus, if not the spiritual disciplines, the teachings of a favorite preacher, some discipleship program, or some other tradition that we hold on to. If we want to become all that Christ has called us to be, where should we look? If we want to become fully like Christ, reflecting his beauty, where should we focus our attention? If we want to reach the level of full and complete spiritual maturity, where should we concentrate all of our efforts? Well, if you have your Bibles... I invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 is where the Bible shows us where to focus. We're going to start with verse Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Not that I have already attained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul in Pitt admits that he has not attained full maturity. He's still pursuing it because he belongs to Christ. Christ has a hold of Paul. So Paul wants to grab hold of Christ, becoming like him in his fullness. Continuing on with 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet 
to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you want to be all that God has called you to be? Do you want to be fully and completely like Christ? Then first of all, if you're taking notes, I think you should write this down. Look ahead. Look ahead. Focus on the objective. Concentrate on the goal. Keep your eye on the finish line. This might be hard for some of you to take, but it's true. It means that you have to take your eyes off of the past. Or as Paul puts it, forget what lies behind. Forget the good old days. Forget your past achievements because they can actually become your greatest barrier to any future achievement. Reggie's big, uh, Reggie Dabbs, one of the speakers this weekend, his biggest thing was this, and I think it speaks volumes. He said, the past is history. The present is the future. The past is history. The present is the future. When he was in his mid-80s, the great celloist Pablo Cassels kept practicing his instrument for four or five hours each day. Someone once asked him why at his age he still worked so hard. Because, he said, I have a notion that I am making some progress. I am making some progress. And that's the attitude we need to have. Philippians 15, verse 15 and 16 says this. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that to God will make clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already attained. You see, if we begin to rest on our past achievements we can actually drift backwards. We can actually regress in the Christian life. Sometimes the greatest enemy to our future progress is past progress. It's our past achievements, which often keep us from moving forward in life. The past is history. The present is the future. You see, God wants to use every one of us. No matter our age, no matter our gifts, no matter our abilities. And people need us. People need you. You can have an impact whether you know it or not. 
be like Paul when he says, press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let your past achievements keep you from any further progress. Instead, stop living in the past and start looking to the goal. Keep your eyes on Christ, who is the goal of every, of the very existence. Focus on Jesus, not anything else. You see, if Christ's likeness is our goal, then we need to keep your eyes on Christ until we reach that goal. Until we are totally and completely like Christ. How many of you have ever tried tightrope walking? Anybody? You have? No? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a tightrope walker, also a businessman. He, he talks about what it, what it takes to set, successfully walk across a tightrope. He says, when new students step onto the rope or our cable, they almost always begin with the same flawed game plan. They stare downward at the rope to ensure that they have the proper footing, and so they fall. So what is the solution to this dilemma? If you have ever closely watched professional tightrope walkers, you may recall that they never look down at their feet or the wire or either side at their hands. Rather, they keep their head up they look forward to, towards the goal, the far-off platform that's in front of me, their goal, where they're ending up. In the same way, we need to keep our eyes on the goal. Jesus Christ himself is our goal. Don't focus on your spiritual disciplines. Don't focus on the teachings of some preacher. Don't focus on the traditions that we have come to so love. Don't focus on any particular discipleship program. While these may be helpful, if you focus on them, you're going to fall. Instead, focus on the goal. Focus on Christ. Because if you do, you'll eventually become just like him. We need to keep looking to the face of Jesus. And eventually, too, we're going to resemble him. So do you want to be all that God has called you to be? Do you want to be fully and completely like Christ? Then keep your eyes on Jesus until you become just like him. Focus on the goal of first importance. Look ahead. Look ahead to Christ. And then the second thing I want you to write down is look around. Look around. Look around for those who are following Jesus. Look around for those who are becoming more and more like him. And find in them an example for you to follow. That's Paul's advice for his readers in verse 17 when he writes, Join with others in following my example, brothers. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. In other words, imitate the right people. Spend time with godly people. And let their attitudes and actions rub off on you. How many of you uh, 
know anything about violence? Anybody? Any musicians out there? How many of you have heard the, uh, the word Stradivarius? Yeah. Well, Antonio Stradivari designed and handcrafted his famous violins. Today, those violins are priceless, selling for millions of dollars. Some of them have been submitted to the most intense scientific examinations and attempt to reproduce their extraordinary sound quality. However, no one has ever been able to re replicate the craftsmanship. Experts know that Stradivari used spruce for the top, willow for the internal blocks and linings, and maple for the back, ribs, and neck. They also know that he treated the wood with several types of minerals, including potassium borate, sodium and potassium silicate, and he made varnishes that appears to have been composed of honey and egg whites and some other things. What experts don't know was Stradivari's technique for crafting his extraordinary vi violins. He never wrote it down. Instead, he passed his skills to a number of apprentices through what one scholar called elbow learning. His apprentices didn't learn their craft from books or manuals, but by sitting at his elbow and feeling the wood as he felt it to access its lengths, its balance, its timber right there in their fingertips. All the learning happened at his elbow. And I'm here to tell you that's where we learn to follow Christ as well at the elbow of Christ followers, people who are becoming more and more mature in Christ. It doesn't happen by studying books or manuals on the subjects. It happens when we focus on Christ and get close to others who are doing the same. Several years ago, Harvard University conducted a rather extensive study to determine the most effective way to help people change. Their findings surprised even those doing the study who expected to an advanced technique or high-tech instrument to best do the job. Instead, they discovered that the number way to help people change is through modeling. It's through example. That's why it's so important that we gather with one another. It's so important that we grow alongside one another. We cannot grow in our relationship with Christ by staying home, by studying books, watching TV preachers, keeping to ourselves. We have to rub shoulders on a regular basis with, regular, with other Christian followers who can benefit, who we can benefit from their example, who we can learn from. If you want to become more and more like Christ, you have to imitate the right people. At the same time, we also have to watch out for the wrong people. Verses 18 and 19 says this. For as I have often told you before and now, say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. No doubt, 
Paul, Paul was referencing who he talked about in verse 2. They weren't really interested in heavenly things. All they cared about were their stomachs. Their minds were on earthly things. So today, we need to watch out for the same kind of people. We need to watch out for those who seem to talk about earthly things more than heavenly things. We need to watch out for those who focus on health and wealth in this life, even if they frame it in spiritual terms. If you want to be all that God has called you to be, if you want to become fully and completely like Christ, then first and most importantly, look ahead to Christ. Our goal. Secondly, look around for the right examples, for godly examples. And thirdly, next point for you guys to write, is to look up. Look up. Look up to glory. Look up to heaven, which is your real home. Verses 20 and 21 says this. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Jesus is coming again from heaven. And when he does, we will complete the he will complete the work that he began in us when we trust him. He will complete the transformation process so that not only will our hearts and minds be changed, but our bodies as well. Jesus will change us completely, body, mind, soul, spirit, to reflect his glory. Let me tell you, what a day that's going to be. And I don't know about you, but I just can't wait for that day. I can't wait until Jesus comes. I can't wait to be in heaven. But until then, I can live as a citizen of heaven, even though I live in this fallen world. The Philippian believers understood this. You see, they were actually citizens of Rome, even though they lived in Philippi. So we are citizens of heaven while living on this earth. How many Christians, how many of us live in guilt and fear all of our lives? How many of us don't realize that we're citizens of heaven? If we did, our lives would be so much different. Take an illegal immigrant who for more than 35 years, year after year, he scraped out a living, crossing the border from Mexico into the United States. Some days he would find work. Some days he wouldn't. He was caught by the Border Patrol four times during that period and bused back to Mexico every Undeterred by each apprehension, he swam back across the Rio Grande to try again. This cycle would have continued for several more years, if not for the amazing discovery. One day, 
he had the courage to walk into the immigration lawyer's office. There, incredibly, he found out that his father was born in Texas and spent time working there, which meant that he was actually a U.S. citizen. All of these years, he possessed the very papers, his father birth certificate, work records that proved his citizenship, and yet he lived in guilt. He lived in fear. Now he was a citizen of the United States. He, was, he didn't have to sneak across the border anymore. He could walk through the main gates. So I ask you again, how many of you are living in guilt and fear? How many of you don't realize that you are citizens of heaven because of what God has done for you through Jesus Christ? Philip Yancey, he, he tells about a story of a man who lived and served during the early days of the Russian communism. He spent a lot of time in jail being persecuted for his faith. And one morning in 1927, as he was praying, the secret police rushed in and arrested him. They took him to the police station and worked him over, demanding that he give up his religious activities. He refused. The interrogator brandished a gun to his face and said, this little toy has made many a man change his mind. And he answered, this little toy can intimidate, intimidate only that kind of man who has many gods and but one world. Because I only have one God and two worlds, I am not impressed by this little toy. As a citizen of heaven, he didn't have to fear any earthly power. So it is for you and me who know Christ. As citizens of heaven, we don't have to live in fear anymore. Instead, we can pursue our higher calling in Christ. So if you want to be all that God has called you to be, if you want to be fully and completely like Christ, then look ahead to Christ. Look towards the goal. Look around for positive examples and look up to heaven. So earlier I mentioned about the pieces of paper in the aisle. If you want to start uh, making sure everybody gets one. They're around. Help each other out. As you guys are working on that, I, I want to be begin asking you some questions, kind of questions that I've already put out there. Questions like, do you want to be all that God has called you to be? Do you want to be fully and completely like Christ? 
Is there something that's holding you back from looking forward? Is there some kind of fear, some kind of anxiety, depression? Um, whatever it might be. Is there something that's, that you just can't let go of? That's holding you back from being a follower of Christ. Because God can work through those things. So y'all have a piece of paper. As a, as a church, as part of the leadership, as, as we've been going through the book of Luke and Philippians. And talking about. Christ things, as we've been talking about unity, as we've been talking about how to be the body of Christ in this community. What's holding you back? What fear is in your life? What anxiety do you have about the future? I've given you three points this morning. Look ahead, look around, and look up. Is there, is there one of those that you're struggling with? I, I want you to write whatever it is on that piece of paper. Once you're done writing that fear, that anxiety, that thing that's holding you back. I want you to take that piece of paper and crumble it up. With that piece of paper now crumbled, you, you see in front of us, it is a cross. That cross symbolizing what Jesus has done for us. I, I want you to take that piece of paper, and, and, I, and I want you to throw it at the foot of the cross. Because as you walk out of here this morning, I want you to leave it there. I don't want you guys to think about it again, because we are pursuing the ultimate prize the focus on Jesus Christ and what he can do for us and becoming the best that we can be. So as you're throwing that, go ahead. Somebody be first. As, as I close this morning, I, I want to share a poem, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then Jason's going to come up and lead us in communion. It says, may I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. What we thank you for 
speaking to us. We, we thank you for helping us to realize that, that there's things in our lives that hold us back. There's things that prevent us from looking towards the goal. There, there's things preventing us from looking around to, to examples that we can learn from. And then there's things that are keeping us from looking to our home up in heaven, Lord. Well, Lord, as, as we come to a close this morning, as we begin our time of communion and, and just focusing on realizing what you have done for us, I just pray that we can work through these things that we wrote down on the pieces of paper. That we can focus on you and you alone. That we can move forward. Because this world is dark. And it needs a light. And we are that match. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Grandparents that I, I, I know that are out there that have uh, taught kids or grandkids how to ride a bike and uh, I, as Matt was speaking today, I I, that's what was coming to my mind. Yeah. I go all the way back to when my youngest brother was learning to ride a bike, and we had a we had a circular driveway, and you're thinking to yourself, there is no way, there's nothing he can hit. And I think you know how this is going to go. <laughs> there's one mailbox in the area, and somehow. The, the tractor beam of that mailbox just pulled him right into that, that mailbox for a pretty violent collision. But, you know, I think Matt had a lot of great metaphors and a lot of great stories, and I, I can really appreciate that because I think that's how Jesus spoke to people, and that's why they were so enamored by Jesus when he spoke is because he didn't speak to them about the Bible because there was no Bible. He spoke to them on terms that, the, and that they could understand and that they could relate to. And that's why I think it is so important that we, we hear those metaphors of life and, and those stories. And they make us be able to relate with everything. And the story of the bike and learning to ride is focusing too much on what is right, right in front of you sometimes. Sometimes you have to look a little bit ahead. Um, because if you're not looking ahead, then you're going to have that collision. And so, Matt, thanks for, for making things real for us today. And, uh, you know, we come to this time in our service where we, we remember the death of our Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, the sacrifice that he made for us. And that's why we partake in communion each week is to remember that. And so with that, uh, I'm going to say a prayer and bless the elements before we partake. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us together today. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death on the cross, and we thank you for his life on this earth. We ask your blessings upon this cup and the, and the loaf as we partake in your son's name. Amen.
do what you ought to do. Guess I'm staying after church to pick up some papers. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's a matter for a different day. Now, oh, I won't. I'm gonna leave them all on the stage. I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Let's figure something out. Always come up with something. I liked your uh, Stradivarius thing. It brought a brought a thing. Stradivarius is like the top of the line like instrument for anything. But then there's a there's a documentary guy. Now I don't know if you've ever heard the band The White Stripes. Um, you've probably heard some of their songs. But Jack, their guitar player, did a documentary, and he grabbed a piece of wood. It was like on a farm. He just grabbed a piece of wood, a couple nails, a string. And he put a guitar pickup, in which the pickup's the thing that catches the noise, and plugged it in and played it. He played a piece of wood with nails on it. So whether you're a Stradivarius or a piece of wood, like myself, God can use it all. Like, it doesn't really matter what we are. So that's why we all come together, because we're together with the hands and feet, the church. We all have different talents, and we can all use them different ways. So if you want, stand up. Um, we'll sing this last song. It's, a, it's probably lyrically one of the most beautiful songs that we've done in a long time. It's, um, if you don't sing, it's very just talk to words. I'll do a verse so I can just talk it. You don't have to even sing. Just um, If you're not comfortable singing, you don't like singing, just read the words to yourself. of grace is Jesus my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace to this I hold my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. The night is dark. But I am not forsaken, for by my side, the Savior, he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need, his power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley he will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. No fate I dread, 
I know I am forgiven the future sure the price it has been paid for Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon and he was raised to overthrow the grave to this I hold my sin has been defeated Jesus now and ever is my plea oh the chains are released I can sing I am free yet not I but through Christ in me and with every breath I long to follow Jesus for he has said that he will bring me home and day by day I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before his throne to this I hold my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore to him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. It's when the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat yet not i but through christ in me before we all close in prayer um a couple couple housekeeping things um if you're interested in the thanksgiving uh dinner that we're going to have rachel will have a sign-up sheet if you want to talk to her or i see us afterwards i'll be in the studio if anybody wants any prayer talk about it um but let me leave you with this poem once again May I run the race before me, strong and brave, to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as I onward go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We, we just pray that we can be your hands and feet of this church. We just pray for unity. We pray for looking forward, looking upward, and looking around for those examples around us, Lord. We love you and thank you so much. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.